One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. on Palapalooza. Hey, we, brother. We finally connect in person. I talked with you on the phone during COVID. Yeah. And that was uh, sort of a different uh, a different time. I feel like we're there's light at the end of the tunnel a bit, right? I can see it. We're seeing it, yeah. Yeah. So you are from Agent 51 yep. back in 1995 through what, 05? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Something um, like that? I... I left the band in 03 for a couple of years, and then we've been just been doing uh, reunion gigs ever since. We've been doing Rad. reunion gigs, gigs now longer than we were a band. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Pivot, you know? Yeah, kind of like, <laughs> like the Who. Kind of like the Who. Kind of like all bands that had a good run at it. Yeah. Totally. And then uh, Arm of the Angels, right? Uh, after Agent? Well, that was that was a different band. That's uh, the guy who took over for me, Arnold Graham. Um he started uh, Arm the Angels. You weren't in that? No. But, they used uh, your last name in that band, but you weren't in it? I swore you were in it. Okay. No, but he's an incredible songwriter. Okay. I mean, really, really, really talented guy. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I fucked up on my research there. No, but that's it, okay. It happens. A lot of people have it all the time. It happens, brother. But uh, but now you're going solo, and we've been rocking your stuff out, and we talked. Thanks. Again, you were you were on the podcast recently. Yeah. Uh, you have a few solo you know, singles out right now, Blue Eyes, California. Ten dollars and a bag of reds Left the letter on her mama's bed And it said Blue eyes, California Lord let me run Lights in the sky I think uh, our friend Sula was involved with some of those photos, right? Yeah, we um, we decided we are just going to head out into the Borrego Desert And he, he had spent a couple days trying to get the perfect camera To... Uh, to make this thing happen because I don't know shit about photography. Right. And we get halfway there, he's like, oh, man, I forgot the battery. <laughs> Are you serious? So, yeah, and I'm like, no, that's cool, man. You got an iPhone? So we just took the whole thing <laughs> on his iPhone. And, uh, Fucking I, Sulo. Technology. Come on, man. <laughs> unreal. No. Oh, unreal. They came out good, though. No, it came out good. And he, he to his credit, man, he really, really came through and, and um, took some great pictures, man. You know, yeah. your songs sound good. Kind of country vibes a little bit, huh? So where that comes from is when I was about six, seven years old, my uh, my mom married a Navy guy and he was stationed in San Diego and then get, got restationed in Colorado Springs and Wyoming. And he was a rodeo cowboy. There you go. And so he that's where I got introduced to country music. He took us all around the rodeo circuit from. <sighs> Colorado to Utah to Casper to Green River and all over the place and the we me and my brother would scoop up in the back the bed of this Ford truck wow. with a camper shell and um, the soundtrack would be like Merle Haggard, Creedence Clearwater, Charlie Pride, uh, Buck Owens, George Jones, Chris Ledoux, yeah. um, just any artist you could think of uh, before that time and after, right. and. Um, that music's always been there. Totally. You know, he kind of introduced me to to music. We would all sit around the campfire after the rodeo and and um, and sing songs. And um, 
So that music's always been there, but by the time I grew into a, an angsty teenager, I had way too much angst to get down with country music. Right. You know, I always respected it, but... Um, kind I of had... the popular thing, right? You fall into, like, little cliques, and sure. you have buddies, and punk rock bar chords are simple, right? Yeah, and you yeah. you just kind of... I'm 40 years old, and I'm still playing fucking punk rock, too. No, me too. Me but too. I, I feel like, um, yeah, that... That country, those country roots were sort of in your soul, and you, you kind of yeah. found your you found yourself a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Agent Fifty One's first um, record, Red Alert, we actually did a Merle Haggard cover and just punked it out. It's called Swinging Doors. It never made it onto the digital uh, landscape for copyright reasons, but um, it's on there if you have the CD. <laughs> so there were some uh, glimpses, even yeah, then. Yeah, there was a little tiny ray of light there. Right. So what I'm doing now is basically just kind of exploring that um, yeah. and just kind of returning those roots and see if, um, you know, just seeing where it goes. Basically, just trying to get better, tell more of a story as a songwriter, you know, get, right. you know, show that I have some more layers going on. Right. Yeah. Who's playing on these songs? So we got... Um, we got the well, so when I moved to Nashville, I met um, I met a guy named Kevin Post. He's a guitar player for um, for Terry Clark and uh, Blake Shelton. Wow! And um, he's just an incredible guy. He can he can kind of be whatever you need the song Real to diverse. be. Real diverse. Yeah. So when I wrote "Lights in the Sky," I'm like, hey man, I need this this Mike Campbell vibe. I need Mike Campbell. He's Is like, he doing the cool slide guitar? Yeah, that's him. So cool. That instantly, you could write any song and add that, and boom, you got a country song. Yeah, or, and he's just so on the money, and he's just a great human being atop that. And he's got his own um, solo records out too, and he's he's just uh, just an all around great guy. That I thought I'd never meet um, another guy named Mike Callahan sings some harmonies on the record, um, and he's got his own solo stuff out. And uh, he's like he's like one of those guys that can that can sing. You know, I just yell in key, right? But he can sing, yeah. man. And, um, it's in his diaphragm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then another guy named uh, Hubert Payne drums on uh, Lights in the Sky along with Wade Yeoman of uh, Unwritten no Law. Shit. Yep. I talk with Wade. Yeah. I'm trying to get Spray Allen on the podcast. Yeah, Wade's, get him Wade's on. Wade's new uh, project that's pretty cool. I'll pass along the, uh, the word. Yeah, Wade's a legend. Okay, so he is playing drums a little bit, huh? Yeah. On which song? Lights in the Sky. Lights in the Sky. Yeah. We actually ended up recording some of it at um, my old... Uh, uh, high school, Poway High. Uh, there's a, there's a recording studio now there, yeah. and uh, we you brought went to Poway High. I went to Poway High. Did you go with Blank? I did. Yeah, did. I, I had some classes with Tom. Um, uh, what do we have TV, video, and film class together. No shit. Yeah. Any stories there? Yeah, I um. Was he a goofball? Was oh, he, he was just as much of a goofball back then right. uh, as as he was now. So there's no like there's there's no. Uh, pandering from the camera or anything like that i mean that's exactly who it's they were it's not a stick it's no real it's not stuff. a stick that's really who they were before they became you know blink my guitarist <laughs> uh scott zikla had classes with him do you know scott no that scott name doesn't zikla? ring a bell but I, okay. I i i'm certain that if i saw him i'd, I'd probably recognize I bet you him. Would. yeah he yeah. did booking for uh over at the mirror mace epicenter he was kind of managed that for a while so i bet you guys have crossed paths but yeah no doubt did you talk aliens with tom DeLong ever you know i don't think <laughs> i don't think either of us were even into the subject back then it was too it was too early but um wade yeoman says he's the guy that introduced tom to the whole alien thing I it's just been it. It, it's just been a, a journey ever since then 
Wade is a character. He sure is. If you have him here, he's probably going to do a naked backflip into your pool. I fucking before love he it. leaves. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. We uh, we phoned in with uh, him and Scott this past COVID summer, and uh, Wade was talking a little bit about DMT and uh, other other trippy, interesting things. You know, Wade's a, a legend, but I, th- I feel like if you know Wade, you, you kind of... You know what you're getting there, dude. He's just, <laughs> yeah. He's a character. He's yeah. We were in a band together for two years called uh, the Rattlesnake Aces. I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> you know it was it was a Wade venture. <laughs> Wade venture. You know, if you, if you're in a band with Wade, you're going on a Wade venture eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, my my band Fat Chance, and I have to shout out 1997. I have the newspaper clipping saved because Pivot recently uh, shared it. So it was us, it was uh, Kill Me Kate, Pivot, Dogwood, and a couple others. Uh, Agent 51, obviously. 1997 uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. At Soma. The totally. SummerSlam, bro. Probably, what, $2? Gosh. <laughs> you know, 2 $4. I miss those days, you know, just you, fly, you put out your record, you flyer the show, and that's it. You just hope people show up. You hope you cross your fingers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A totally different era for sure, right? That we're living in now. Yeah. Holy um, shit. Gosh, it was just so analog. I call them the <laughs> I call them the analog days. Yeah. Because you couldn't do anything unless you physically made something people could physically True. touch. You know. Yeah. And I, yeah. I miss that. I miss going into a record store and like. <clears throat> Picking up a record that a band just put out and feeling it kind of breathe in my hands and and oh this is what these guys were up to the last year you know and totally. listen, listening to it while I'm looking at the artwork I, I miss that a lot so do you my my uh, fiance and I we just got engaged hey we'll, we'll you got go her on, a ring pop yeah <laughs> um, we'll uh, we'll go out on road trips and just go into a re- random record store and and buy a record that we've never heard of and that's the road trip soundtrack that's cool you know for like a dollar whatever yeah yeah we've had that talk on here before like you know back in the day looking at cds you would almost buy a cd based on the cover sure the artwork sure and then you get home and you listen to it yeah different times yeah yeah i miss i miss that a lot but i sound like like the curmudgeon old man, man when i say back in my day we didn't get off the my lawn kids <laughs> get off my lawn Roland Ware was the first one that told me about mp3.com, and that would have been about 99. I know you know Roland, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Cool guy. Yep. Compressed audio. Yeah. Welcome to uh, Man. Welcome to a new decade. Didn't, like, Will Smith put in a bunch of money to that company and uh, make a bunch of money? Like, if we had put in, say, a thousand bucks, we'd be millionaires, millionaires right now? Not, yeah. Something yeah. like that. I don't remember. Yeah, if we could rewind time, dude. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin. The, the crypto, <laughs> Apple, back in the sure, 90s, sure, you know, yeah. put a few hundred bucks into that. How do you feel about promoting shows? I think that was one thing you wanted to chat about, you know, get it, promoting in general, pros and cons now. Yeah, um, man, this is a whole new horizon. Like, I, the last three to four months have been a total, total learning curve for me because... I didn't know that, you know, obviously I don't have a label, I'm unsigned, but I'm so used to the label doing that side of stuff that's like, oh man, I got to set up my own YouTube channel, my own Instagram, and you got to have content every day. And like, I find myself, you know, with the pen and paper trying to, you know, come up with content before writing. And it's like, (laughs) this is such a, you know, 
just turned upside down on its head uh, way of doing things. But I realized that you, you have to do it. Otherwise, your music just kind of vaporizes into the digital landscape. Yeah. So I'm learning, I'm learning to, to balance that with the writing side of it because I love writing more than anything. But, um, yeah, it's just so, uh, it's so new to me the whole promotion side of it. So I'm still learning that, you know, like, yeah, I'm just so bad at it. I'm just so bad at it. I don't, I don't know how to promote myself. I know guys that, that are unbelievable with video and they still struggle with it. Yeah. Like some of the best videographers locally, like me and Mario Rivera have this talk a lot, unbelievable videographer. And there's still things that he doesn't know. And like, you know, the social media algorithms and everything involved with that. It's like, it gets you out there, but it's like oversaturated. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of music. Everyone's in a band these days. It's like back in the day with, you know, agent 51 fat chance, you, you go out and you put your poster up on a bulletin board and it's like, dude, that's the only band on that bulletin board, you know? Now we got the Instagram bulletin board, and I don't know. I sound like an old motherfucker, but Me too. it's, you know, it's kind of fun to just, yeah, to compare the, the different eras. Yeah, sometimes it just, in this era, maybe it just comes down to dollar signs, like how much money do you have to throw behind this thing? You know, but at the same time, conversely, I've always believed that the right music finds the right ears, you know? Yeah. Like, if a song is meant to find you, it'll find you. You know, maybe right. it'll take a little longer if you don't have the budget, but I, I do feel like the right music finds the right people. Totally. You know, yeah. regardless of someone's ability to promote, you know, there's always that one obscure artist that can just blow up on a, on a whim somewhere. Yeah. You yeah. could be a beaver, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> throw totally. it out there. Yeah. Got my eight year old. I try to throw stuff on YouTube, uh, you know, you go. whatever. Uh, you, you've got some petty vibes. I, I gotta say that. There's a couple, yeah. there's, there's one song specifically, uh, is it Lights in the Sky? Whispers from the desert bones, headed That's definitely, that's definitely a petty vibe for yeah, sure. Yeah, definite Tom Petty vibes. Yeah. Uh, is he an influence? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, Petty's kind of one of those guys that's just kind of part of the furniture, right? And, uh, he's kind of been... He's kind of just omnipresent. Yeah. And he's kind of been there for me in a lot of pivotal points in my life. And um, the thing I really respect about Tom Petty is that um, he's kind of followed his own. He's commercial, but he's not pandering to the gallery. You know, he's right. an artist first and foremost. And his sounding, you know, commercial is just kind of an accident. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've always respected that about him. And his songs are just so damn timeless. Yeah, a true you know? talent. Yeah. I saw him right before he passed away, my wife and I, at Kaboo. No shit. Yeah, and I wow. was really glad I did. Um, but yeah, that's cool. I made that connection. And I think you've posted about him. I've seen some stuff that you post sure. on social media. Sure. What direction is your solo stuff headed? You know, I think for the next, the next EP or songs, batch of songs, I'm really going to strip it down. You know, uh, yeah. fewer tracks. Okay. Um, more storytelling, really strip it down to like a bluesy kind of uh, just more rootsy thing. Maybe do the whole damn thing live. There you go. You know? um, <clears throat> just really, really wear the songs down to their just integral core. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like we'll get a demand for that eventually? Like, do you think we'll go so polished and so 
digital that it will just all come back to like <laughs> blockbusters opening <laughs> up and tower records opening yeah. back up. I think that's just wishful thinking. One can hope, you know, um, I think good is good, you know, like things that are good recipes that are good songs are like recipes, right? Yeah. And, um, macaroni cheese is still great. <laughs> you know, I look at the Paul stuff like fast food, right? And you know, I like fast food sometimes. Yeah. But you know what else? I like a good steak. Yeah. You know, like I like a well-cooked thought out meal. And that to me is Americana music. There you go. And I think, um, you know, um, as long as people are making music, I think that that genre can only grow. And I feel like that's kind of where I fit in. I'm somewhere in there. I'm not exactly country. I'm not exactly rock. Um, you know, I'm yeah. kind of in this outsider genre. Americana yeah. is a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. A good, well-balanced meal, right? I'd like to think so. I kind of <laughs> made that connection, too. And I think Steve-O did on his podcast. But, like, listening to music is sort of like eating food. You know? Yeah. You don't want to eat Italian every night. You want to switch it up, change sure. it up. There's different flavors. Certain people like different different uh, foods, you know? You got Pantera that's like drinking whiskey. Totally. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great analogy. <laughs> Agent 51 last play. Let's see. Our last gig was, gosh, probably a little over a year ago. We played a bar called Mainstream Bar and Grill back in Poway. Kind of just kept the whole thing full circle. I saw that. And I think this was September 2019. Okay. I think that was the last show. So, yeah, six months before COVID kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And how are the guys in Agent 51? You guys are all on good terms. You you talk yeah. often. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you made it through without wanting to uh, to no. kill each other. No, we've had our ups and downs as a band. I sure. think any band worth their salt does. And um, you know, we've just been through a lot. We we toured a lot of places, and you know, broke down in the middle of nowhere, and um, you know been backstage at the coolest shows and big backstage at the worst shows, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, we're, we're kind of all spread out now. Uh, Mikey, our drummer, he's in um, New Jersey, Connecticut area now. Okay. And uh, he flies out for shows. He came back for that show, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and uh, Eric's still in Poway. And yeah. um, Greg, our first bass player, he's in L.A. Sean, our second bass player, he's in Washington. Um, Jared, our actually Jared, our first play, bass player. He's um, he works for the government now, so he's top secret. I don't know. Oh, I, we don't know where he is. <laughs> he's an official agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, so yeah, we're all kind of <laughs> spread out. But when it's time to get together, when we're all feeling it, we uh, yeah. we get together and we make it happen. And um, we have been putting out new material intermittently. Yeah. Um, it's just that I think we haven't caught up to this whole way of promoting it so people know we have new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can you do? You yeah. post it on social media, you send it to your friends. I mean, yeah. 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 It's kind of, it's a little more of a uh, superficial day and age I think we're living in a little bit. Sure. Unfortunately. Sure. Yeah. You know, like uh, not quite as personable. Yeah, a lot That's of That's why I like doing this. Uh, yeah, me because too. Because we talked on the phone. We, we I like your posts, you know, but. Uh, seeing you and, and talking to you a few feet away is, is a different vibe for sure, you know? Yeah, real interaction. We, uh, 
We started out booking our own shows. We'd rent out an Elks Lodge for 250 bucks, and yes. just people would come together. There was this real sense of community there that um, I'm not sure still exists. You know, because uh, yeah. do kids have keg parties anymore where bands play? Because <laughs> I know Blink, they play keg parties all the time back in the day, back in Poway. Well, dude, and that yeah. was how Unwritten Law did it, too. Yeah. According to Scott, he got the house party, uh, you know, uh, he, he, according to him, he did about 100 house parties, and then he played his first show. And by that time, everyone knew the lyrics. You got fired up kids, you know, Main right. Stage Soma or wherever the hell they played. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't been to a kegger. Well, you know, I threw a kegger <laughs> here, you know, a year and a half ago for our music video. I would assume so. I, d- I just think we're out of that circuit, you know? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I remember on a Friday night, the thing to do was to walk outside and hear, you could hear where Unrent Law was playing. You just listen for wow, the echo and you power. start walking toward the house. That's so cool. <laughs> and then you, you pay your five bucks to get in and there's a mosh pit somewhere and you... You grab a a red solo cup full of beer and let the night go where it may. You guys played with some big names, huh? Yeah. Back in the day. I mean, UL, right? A few times? Yeah, we played with Unwritten Law. Um, Rob Brewer actually got my first band, my first punk band, Open Fast. He got us our first gig. Right. And um, <clears throat> we we had only practiced maybe four or five times before that. He said, okay, you're going on the main stage with... Um, a band called Corn and a band called uh, Clutch. And it was a heavy wow. metal kick. And we had no idea. We were 17 years old, 16 years old. We had no idea what we were doing. What venue? Soma. Main At stage. Soma. Yeah. Before Corn was big, yeah. Yeah, they were just the support act. And yeah. we saw this guy on stage um, playing uh, bagpipes and puking, puking everywhere. <laughs> You're like, hell yeah. This is yeah. inspiration, folks. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you toured with Green Day for a little bit, right? We didn't tour with them, but uh, we. We ended up playing Gilman Street, 924 Gilman. Gilman in Oakland. Right. And <clears throat> this was right after September 11th. And they were doing an Adeline Records yeah. showcase at Gilman, which we played. And they just decided to pick up their, their instruments and play, which at that time was against the rules because Gilman's so punk rock that no major la- label bands could ever play there. Right. But they ended up playing. It was it was really, really special. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, that's so rad. Yeah. You and you guys were obviously signed with Adeline, right? Yeah. For for how many years? Was that Red Alert? Yeah, we did a we did well we did Red Alert on our own label, um, which got picked up by Alphabet Records, and then we did our second record with um, we put it out on our own label, and then um, Billy Joe called. He was the only guy that responded out of the hundreds of CDs we sent out to labels. And he called and he said, I want to sign you guys. Who did he call specifically? He called me. He I did? Saw, yeah, I have the, um, I have the message Are on you my serious? machine. If you want it, I'll send you Could the Could you MP. send it to me I'll and I'll send add it? To it. You. Oh, it's so hilarious. Hey, uh, Chris. Uh, what's up? This is Billy Joe over at um, Adeline Records. We like your CD and we're just wondering what you, your guys' plans are. Uh, all right, give us a call. Okay, bye. Wow. And that would have been... This would have been... 2000, year 2000. 2000. Yeah. And you signed with them for one album deal? Yeah, one album Adeline, deal. which was Billy Joe's label. I yeah. think he still has it, right? Or no? I think they just dissolved the label. Um, okay. 
about five years ago. Okay. Uh, they parted ways with uh, their manager, and I think he ran it for a while, and then he decided he wanted to take on bigger artists or something like that. And it prob honestly, it probably wasn't making enough money to make it worth it. Sure, you know, they probably didn't have the dollars to put behind it to make it, you know, yeah, what they wanted it to be. But I'm sure I'm grateful that we got the shot. That's amazing. Yeah, to talk about and to yeah. have that message saved. I mean, I'm a huge Green Day fan. Obviously, yeah. growing up, you know, and and being a punk rock kind of guy, pop punk. Uh, what were, what was your first sort of reaction when you heard that, when you, when you got that call from Billy Joe? I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I thought because the week before a good friend of mine decided to prank me and tell me that, oh, this is Greg Smith from Atlantic Records. We really like your stuff. Give us a call back. That's son of a bitch. And so I called the number back that he left and it was some sweatshop in East LA. And I was like, damn you. And I was feeling really down. And then I get this message from a guy claiming to be Billy Joe Armstrong. And I'm like, yeah, right. Fuck off. Wow. And um, You call him and say, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It almost came to that. But no, I called the number back. And sure enough, he uh, he picked up. He said, "Well, what are you, what are you guys' plans?" I said, "Well, you know, we we got a tour booked for two weeks, and we got the record out. We put it out ourselves." He said, "Great. Well, why don't you guys come up to Oakland, and we're playing a show at the Fillmore. Come up and and hang out." And so we did, and they they basically sent us the contracts the following week, and you know, we just kind of hit it off from there. So after you went to their show and they kind of felt you out, I would assume they wanted to get some vibe from you, right? A I think bit, so. Or? Yeah, yeah. And you um, guys weren't complete weirdos or right. sixty-year-olds, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You had an image and everything. <laughs> yeah. So we sent the contract, and that, that was it. Yeah, basically, we made it really, really easy for any label to sign us. We'd spend all our own mon money on right. our on our record that we made from shows and we did all the artwork ourselves. Everything's ready to go. All the label had to do was put it out. And so Billy Joe said, well, why don't you guys record a couple new songs? We'll send you some money and, um, Rad. we'll, we'll just put it out, see what happens. And, uh, so they did. And, um, there's, there's actually a vinyl out there of just keep running, which I have not been able to track down. It's wow. out there somewhere, maybe in Germany or something. Oh, I have wow. no idea. Yeah. So what two songs were those that you recorded with, with that money? Um, the first one's called um, Programmed, which okay. Mike Levinson wrote. Program creation, artificial segregation. We're gonna burn the system down tonight. It's a hell of a song. Okay. Our drummer. And the, yeah. the other one's called Date with the Dead. It's kind of a Misfitsy song. And those were recorded at the same studio that you had been recording at? Yeah, Exxon Recording in, um, in Escondido. They just covered the bill? They just covered the bill. Did they give you a certain amount up front, or did you track it first and then sort of send them an invoice? I don't remember, but I think it was around three grand. Okay. And that and pretty like, much... Dude, that'll cover it. That covered it. Yeah, and more we than enough. We knocked it out quick. Bought and, some uh, beers with it. And yeah, <laughs> we did. And like, we didn't have click tracks or anything in any of all the... Really? The pro stuff that people were... We didn't know any better. We didn't oh, know you're supposed to do that. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Um, did he listen? Did he produce at all? No. That would have been cool, but I think just right. the distance made it hard. They were right. touring at the time. They were putting out um, 
fucking American Idiot, right? Uh, they were putting out the one before that. I think was war- Warning. Oh, Warning. Okay. Yeah. Shitty album. No, just kidding. <laughs> it was okay. Not yeah. my top five, but right. There's oh man, there's so many. There's so many Green Day albums that mark. Dude, Talk yeah. I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about Green Day. It's just <laughs> legendary, but uh, right. warning isn't bad. No, Th- no, He decided to get get that Junior Les Paul sort of tone and, yeah. and acoustic, and he steered away from that dookie sound that really made him, and yeah. I wasn't for that. But I understand he was doing that for probably 15 years, and he just wanted to ch- yeah. change it up a bit. Yeah, I just wanted to switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. Bad call, Billy Joe. Because <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're fucking sick of talking about this, but there was the, a bit of a conflict, right, with, with Green Day? Not with, not with us in the band personally, but uh, yeah. we put out, a, after we did the one record deal, we, we put out a record with another label, and um, yeah. Surf Dog Records. Oh, yeah, Locals, right? Yeah. I think Sprung Monkey was on them for a little bit. Yeah, and they, they threw a bunch of money at us to record, and we're like, sure. Rad. So we went up to Santa Monica and recorded and put the record out. And Adeline said, well, hey, why don't you send us the record? We'd love to hear what you're up to. So we did. And then, um, huh? you know, our album comes out. And then their album comes out. And the record label's like, hey, you, their song sounds like yours. And blah, blah, blah. And we're going to pursue this. And I'm like, by then, by the time all this stuff started to happen, um, I'd, I'd left the band. I was out of the band for two years. So. Right. Um, I honestly didn't care either way. I was just like, "Oh, you were out at that time." I was out. You recorded that song with him. The song yeah. was "She's My Heroine," right? The, song and the Green She's Day song was "Boulevard of Broken Dreams." And your label sort of alleged that they ripped off the riff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I honestly didn't care at the time, and to this day, I'm kind of like whatever about it but right. uh you know i think that whole thing is just a it's just a side product of the music business you know um right. if we had if we had put out that record on our own label it, probably nothing would have happened right you know um yeah but you know after everything was said and done i don't i don't think either either band was really hurting you know for for money so right so i think it kind of right you know, there's still a gag order on the whole damn thing, and I'm not really allowed to talk much is about really? it. Yeah, you know, uh, on um, specifics. Yeah, the I only wish reason I, could. I brought it up is because we've talked we talked about it briefly, and then I heard you talk about it on 91X a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, you, you know, know, it's something not, I'm I'm not afraid to talk about it, but I always get calls from the label or the lawyers. You can't talk about. I'm like, I feel is like that I'm, right? Yeah, I feel like I'm holding some, um, you know, top secret information or something like that. Wow. And uh, you know, to me, it's just. Uh, like I said, it's just a side project, project, side product of the yeah. music business. Sure. And um, if that song influenced a great song like Boulevard of Broken Dreams, yeah, that's freaking awesome. Totally, dude. You know what I mean? That song won a Grammy, so good for them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I could have been sitting at home, not signed, and yeah, just writing songs, but. <laughs> You know, and hey, you have this rad story that you yeah. legally can't talk about. <laughs> <Right>. you <know? laughs> so you know, I seriously want to know like specifics, yeah, of I'll, numbers. I'll tell and, you off. I'll tell you off the air. But there was some sort of resolve there, right? a settlement, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most things were settled. We had to sign a bunch of documents. That's a good way to do all it. All kind of that stuff. Do 
Dude, Chris Arms, nice to uh, connect with you, brother. Is there anything I missed regarding what you have going on and uh, everything you've done here locally? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jamming with these guys called the Chaparral Gold Band. We yeah. basically started jamming when COVID hit, so we're rare, we're really, really raring to get out there and um, play some shows, you know, like, so we have a year's worth of practice under our belts, and so the second we start playing live shows, you know, um, I'll definitely let you know. Please do. Yeah. So that is a side project, separate from your solo stuff? I think it, it's a side project, yeah, but I think we're going to mix in some of my songs in there. Cool. Yeah. And you're singing lead? So, um, sharing duties, actually, with, okay. with some of the other, with some of the other guys. That's always great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and we're, we're just, our goal is just to have fun, just bring the fun back. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about, yeah. yeah. You sort of uh, become a little more focused when you're older, huh, and you want to tune out the, the drama and the bullshit. Yeah, I think so. You know, not always easy. No, sometimes it can find you. No, you know? <laughs> every band, every band has some drama. Well, just you know? in life in general. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, maybe it's just about not sweating the small stuff. Yeah, you know. Truly, I try to how I try to look at it. We're older and we're wiser, folks. <laughs> yeah. We used to be young and dumb, and now we're <laughs> old and. <laughs> Kind of dumb. <laughs> we were young, we were dumb. Uh, new Guy Clark documentary. Did you want to touch on that? Yeah. So when I when I moved to Nashville, um, I started getting going really really deep into the Americana thing. There's a there's a documentary on a songwriter named uh, Towns Van Zant called "Be Here to Love Me." Right. And uh, one of his songwriting partners is a guy named uh, Guy Clark. And these two guys, Guy Clark and Towns Van Zant, they're really really big names in the Americana music scene some of the mainstream hits that you hear um were written by these guys like poncho and lefty by willie nelson that's a that's a towns van zandt song yeah anyway there's a documentary on his songwriting partner guy clark um he wrote a really famous song called la freeway and uh, i helped uh had a small part in the documentary just making the graphics as it turns out I just reached out to the, the filmmaker, Tamara Saviano. I said, hey, if I can help out in this documentary anyway, let me know. And uh, that's kind of what I did when I was in Nashville. I would reach out to local artists and help them get their graphics together. And that's kind of how I, I networked. And so um, if you're into Americana music, if, you, if you're into the craft of storytelling, check out this documentary. It's called Without Getting Killed or Caught. And that's available now? It's available like now. Netflix to, kind of thing? Or? It's not on Netflix yet, but um, it's available to stream. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And you do graphic design on the side, right? That's one of your, your many yeah. talents. Yeah. I help bands. If you're a band out there and you need a logo, I'm your guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Sean Tully did a logo for us. You probably know him, right? Sean mm -hmm. Tully, Clarity Recordings, and uh, he played in uh, Troy's Bucket back oh, in the cool. day. Oh, cool. Yeah. Them? Oh, absolutely. Sean's yeah. sort of a local legend. Cool. Uh, so he's doing design too, but yeah, right on. Yeah. We'll do a dream segment with you, all right, before we have you jam. Sure. What songs are you going to play coming up here shortly? We're going to have some uh, acoustic songs by Chris Arms. I think we're going to do uh, Everyone's Doing Their Best and Blue Eyes California. Yeah. Okay, cool. Create a dream bill locally for Friday night. So book uh, three other bands with Agent 51 at a venue. Oh, man. Yeah. That list is so long. Rancid, for sure. Okay. For sure, Rancid. Uh, actually, let's do Operation Ivy. All right. Because they're one band that I was late to the party for. Right. Let's do Operation Ivy. Um, let's throw Green Day on there. Yep. And, uh, or maybe Pinhead Gunpowder, too. There you go. Um, 
I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hell for not picking the right one. Um, let's just do Unreal yeah, Law. Why UL? not? I was gonna say yeah, something locally. Or, yeah. A UL Dogwood uh, um, Pivot. I yeah. think you guys played with quite oh, yeah. often, right? Yeah, Pivot's Pivot's awesome. We're like um, brother brother bands at this yeah. point. Yeah. I want to get them on, man. I want to get them on to do a uh, an acoustic set. Okay. And I know they have a show coming up, so I did reach out to them, and it's sort of in the works. But good. They're on my list. Good. To yeah. check off. Yeah. They're a good. They're a good interview. Yeah. 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 If you could bring one band or musician back from the dead, who would it be? Oh man. Um, pr- probably Tom Petty. That's what I was you know gonna say. Because I, mean? yeah, I, I wanna... think I think he still had some some good songs in him. Yeah. And you know, there's a little bit of uh, you know conspiracy behind his his passing. Is that right? You know? I didn't know that. Yeah. What is and it? I think it has something to do with the medication he was taking or ah, something like that. I'm shit. not sure. That could be all speculation, but right. That's a bummer. Man, I just. I wonder if there's a vault of songs out there that right. we just haven't heard yet. Like Bowie, right? Didn't he, yeah. he did the black, what was it, black hole and the black something? Yeah. Yeah, right after he passed. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, Tom Petty at Kaboo looked so great and happy and like he sounded really good and it was just, it was a real shock two weeks later. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy. Yeah, spring back Petty. Yeah. If you could wave a magic wand and make one band never exist, who would it be? Oh man, I was thinking of this the other day. We uh, we retired Nickelback and Imagine Dragons. Okay, um, the, you know the first band that popped in my head after those was Creed. Creed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Blue Yeah. That was the first band that popped in my head. Yeah. I'm sure there's one out there that I really really hate, but that was the first one that popped in my head. Band. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> we'll blow away Creed now. <laughs> Where would you like to be uh, with your solo stuff, with music in general, in five years? You know, the ideal thing would be to just um, live a ba- balanced life to, you know, just touring, putting yeah. out new music. Um, I have no lofty amb- ambitions of playing arenas or anything like that, but um, right. just to play for just, you know, 30, 40, 50 people that, that dig my stuff, or however many people that show up. Sometimes you know? those are the best, huh? Yeah. Those small just, dive bars with 20 of your close friends singing yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the real goal, and just just to develop more as a songwriter, just to keep evolving. You know, and if if right. you look at the arc of my songwriting, you can see you can definitely see a progression there. Yeah, you're doing good, man. Keep it Thanks. up. Thanks. It's cool with Agent Fifty One too, because I think that's what music is. Music brings you back to a time, right? Sure. You like that music that brings you back, and Agent Fifty One has a lot of followers here locally, and. Dude, anytime you play, those local San Diegans are going to be there, man, because it brings yeah. them back to their youth before, you know. Yeah, it's really heartwarming seeing how many yeah. people are still into it. Do you, you have know? a lot of friends that you're still connected with that that were at shows that would have been at our Soma show in 97? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, a few. Yeah, oddly enough, a lot of the friends I still keep in touch with are kind of sp- spread about uh the u.s like you'll okay you'll play a show in san jose and some guy but like, hey come come play my house and yeah like that's the guy you'll be in touch with you know that five years ten years later right yeah that's cool yeah yeah if anyone listening i know my brother listens he was at that soma show my wife was just a friend at the time and she, she was there uh-huh she had a fat chance shirt on and uh-huh. i remember we all signed her shirt so <laughs> That was really cool, man. I, I I'll forever look back on that. That was our that was my first show ever. 
Wow. That 97 show when we, wow. we were the first band we opened up. It was Pivot and Dogwood. And no way. That was a good uh, turnout, too. Yeah. For Main Stage Soma. Yeah, my, my fiance my fiance and I, we met at Warp Tour 2000. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. We've, we've just known each other for, gosh, over 20 years now. And we just, Crazy. within the last two, two years, made, made our thing. And you proposed. I did, yeah. Just this last summer, right? Yeah. yeah so congrats, buddy. Yeah, thanks, That's man. Cool. Yeah. I DJ weddings. You're hired. So, yeah. <laughs> Boom, you're hired. Cool, dude. Well, we'll move the mics around and uh, we'll get your guitar out. Awesome. Acoustic Chris Arms coming up next. Awesome. She don't carry no suitcase. She don't worry. This is Palapalooza with Chris Arms of Agent 51. He's got some solo material out now. He's going to rock him acoustic. Chris, take it away, dude. She don't carry no suitcase. She don't worry about it anyways. She's my blue eyes, California. Sun City to the state line. It's the diesel of the grapevine. That's my blue eyes, California. Ten dollars and a pack of reds. Left a letter on a mom's bed and it said, Blue Eyes, California. Ties rolling up a gravel band. Smell of rain upon a summer wind. Here she comes again. Blue Eyes, California. Wheels turning at our feet. She'll go anywhere with me. Salt and sea, Sanch Coast. Though it's dark, that a map. Then go Stargazing under satellites Tracing letters on a night sky That look like Blue eyes California Later down under the moonlight Caught a red tequila sunrise In those California, we sang every song we knew, flying Highway 62, windows down, desert wind, sipping warm beer from a can, burn the nights into the days, every road and every plane, we shot that sun into our veins. Thinking of it gets me Just thinking of it gets me Just thinking of it gets me 
just thinking of my kids, me. Blue eyes, California. I'm Chris Arms. The song's called Everyone is Doing Their Best. Yeah. 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 